Okay, welcome, welcome, friends. Here we are with our third installment in this series slash special about friendship. Whoop, whoop. Uh, we are just the tits. Welcome. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate y'all. My name is Gia. And I'm Avery. And we are going to delve into some internet information about friendships. But first, we are going to talk about songs that make us think about friendship. Because obviously, there are some songs that, you know, you hear it and you're like, aww, yeah. friends. Or it's not so cute because you're, you know, far away from your friends and you just start bawling. <laughs> that has Fair. never happened also to me. that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's also true. It could be a trigger for those of you far away. <laughs> for those of us, I should say, as I am far away. Mm, mm-hmm. but all right Avery so what's one of those songs that like you know puts you in the friendship mood well it kind of was co-opted by Gilmore Girls back in the day and so now when I hear it I think of that show which is fine it's a Carol King song if you're out on the road feeling lonely and so cold and so since we've all felt cold at one point and lonely <laughs> Out on that road. Except for our listeners out in the Caribbean, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) If you felt cold in your soul. It gives me that sense of nostalgia, but also comfort at the same time. So it's a good nostalgia. I don't start weeping, usually. Right. I was going to say that song and like, I guess just Gilmore Girls in general reminds me of like a simpler time when I was in like middle school or high school. I didn't watch it, but that's just what it evokes in me is like childhood, Mm -hmm. younger times. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's part of it. It's not just friendship. It's like this promise of, or maybe it's just the escape that I like, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, especially nowadays. Um, yeah. You know, what's really helpful for that podcasts, <laughs> especially our podcast. I thought you were going to suggest a drug <laughs> like pot. No, podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Gia, what, um, what kind of gives you that sense of nostalgia or comfort or something else? So this is a, a more recent song. I don't actually know what year it's from, but it's definitely in the past 10, maybe even five years. And it's by my beloved Jason Mraz. Mm. I guess I haven't been in the U.S. long enough or frequently enough recently to know if it was popular at some point because I had never heard it in the U.S. I heard it when I was traveling somewhere else. Hmm. Um, but it's called Have It All, and I do recommend it. I'll read a little bit of the lyrics. It says, may you be as fascinating as a slap bracelet. May you keep the chaos and the clutter off your desk. May you have unquestionable health and less stress, having no possessions, though immeasurable wealth. And it's just like all these nice things that you wish for someone. So you can definitely interpret it in a platonic sense, in a romantic sense. And I just really like it. The chorus is, I want you to have it all, Mm. which is something that I do. I wish for all of my friends. I really want them to be living their best lives. And yeah, so it's one of those songs that hits hits the heartstrings. That's a very selfless kind of desire. Yeah. And it's something I think that a lot of people haven't recognized yet, like being able to wish well to your friends, even if they're achieving things that you want. You know, that's like a big deal. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's hard when you get out of if you grow up together and you're on the same level and then all of a sudden you start your paths start to diverge. Right. Or your paths stay very similar. However, they start to advance faster than you and get all those Mm. things that you also want. Mm. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. No, that is hard. That's definitely a that's a tough one to separate yourself from mm-hmm. uh, being a good friend slash 
being a human who has, you know, certain urges and tendencies. <laughs> urges, yeah. <laughs> Competition is real, even with those you love. It's true. But, you know, I'm surprised that uh, neither of us went with the classic. The one that really pulls at the heartstrings. Yeah, man, especially for us millennials. We grew up with these toys mm. and went through their trials and tribulations. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Cowboy boots. Andy. There's a snake in my boot. <laughs> so, you know, there's the classic song that's written by... Randy Newman. Yeah, there you go. That one <laughs> is, I think, without question, a classic. Mm-hmm. Hands down, no argument. Can't fight this. Yeah, if you guys need... If you don't know, uh, You've Got a Friend in Me by Randy Newman from Toy Story. The original. It's, um... You got a friend in me. <laughs> do, do, do. You got, you got a, friend a friend in me. me. Do, do, do. When the road looks dark ahead and you're miles and miles from your nice warm bed, you just remember what your old pal said. Yeah, listen to just the tits. That's what they said. Because <laughs> that's usually what classic kids' songs usually say. <laughs> oh, totally. Our listener fan base from ages 4 to 12 is like really growing. Good old Randy. So, well, listen, I mean, here's the thing we all have friends, hopefully. Some one at least one person that you would consider a friend. Yeah. Sorry, actually, that like actually made me really sad to think of some people without friends, without anybody. Well, yeah, because like we were talking about um, in the first installment of this series, it's someone that you can trust and someone that you put you know all this emotion and time and energy into, and it's really important to have that in your life. So it is sad if you aren't able to to cultivate those relationships. I like how you're petting but, your dog as you're talking about this. How do you know? Woman's best friend. <laughs> Here's yeah. my gal pal, my furry yeah. gal pal. How can I resist? He's like on the couch, just relaxed. Aww. Begging for me to pet him. Anyway, we're going to jump right into studies, guys, because we did this in like a expanded version. So our first episode was talking about asking each other questions and talking about our friendship. The second installment of this series was reading your answers to our questionnaire. And this third installment is going to go straight to what the internet tells us, since we love all of the information that's on the internet. It's so trustworthy, too. It's it's really, I mean, the best. <laughs> Hit us up with some science. Yeah, let me get the science on you. So uh, this is a 2016 uh, research article or a study done uh, at a university in the Middle East. That's that's all they said. There was no name of this university. It just said Middle Eastern University. Okay, okay. great. So, and the question they put out was, are you your friend's friend? And what they discovered is that we have a poor perception of friendships, and that also affects our ability to promote behavioral changes. Because obviously, if you're friends with someone, and they are also friends with you, and they consider you their friend, chances are you'll be able to encourage them to have better behavioral habits, change their social activities, you know, but you'll be able to, to modify or convince them to modify things in their life. Mm -hmm. So this is all based on the directionality of friendship. So do you consider this person a friend and they don't consider you a friend? So that would be unidirectional. Is it that you don't consider them a friend, but they consider you a friend? Also unidirectional. Or is it reciprocal in that you both consider each other friends? Those are the three options. Okay. Because basically what they did to test this was they gathered 83 students from this university. All they, I think they were all in like a marketing major kind of thing. And they had all had a couple of years of classes together. So they asked the students on a scale of zero to five, zero being you don't know this person, three being you consider them a friend, and five being you consider them one of your best friends, 
to rank all 83 participants. Some of them obviously were like, I don't know this person. Some of them were like, yeah, this person's like my study buddy, like my, you know, we do everything together. 94% of participants, so 94% of those 83 people, which is math that I don't do, expected reciprocity in those friendships. Okay? <laughs> so mm -hmm. almost 100% of participants expected that the people they said were their friends would also say, yes, this person is my friend as well. Do you want to guess how many actual, like what percent were actually reciprocal? 25 Okay, a little higher than that. <laughs> you you painted this. You put this out there as if it was. It's be still dismal. pretty bad. I mean, it's like their findings were about fifty three percent. Ooh, all right, all right, yeah. That that's 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 a rough blow to receive. Right, because people had to not only rank the other people, but then rank how the other people would rank them. So mm -hmm. I would have to say like, okay, I rank Avery as one of my best friends, and I think that she will also rank me as one of my best friends. And so they compared that data to Avery's data. And that's how they discovered whether these people considered it reciprocal or not. Yikes. Okay. And then what they did was they gave these, all of these 83 participants, you had to try and influence these people that were participating to change their behavioral habits. So either try to work out more, try to use their phone less, try mm -hmm. to get vaccinated on time, like for the flu. I don't know. I don't remember the exact things that were happening, but I think those were three examples. And what they found was obviously... The best case scenario and the most times people were able to influence other participants was when it was reciprocal. So when I said that I consider Avery one of my best friends and she, con she actually considers me one of her best friends. Mm -hmm. Great. I'm able to be like, Avery, I think you should, you know, come work out with me. You know, we'll go, you know, three days a week and I keep you accountable and it works. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The second best way was when the person applying peer pressure to change considered the subject that they're applying the pressure to as a friend. So let's say I have someone I think is a good friend. They don't necessarily see me that way, but because I think of them as a friend, I'm trying to get them to change because I care about them. Right. Then obviously the one that had the least results was when the person receiving the pressure saw the person giving peer pressure as a friend, but the person giving peer pressure was not or did not consider them a friend. That makes sense. Because obviously the person applying peer pressure really holds no stake in this because they don't consider that person a friend. Mm -hmm. They tied this to like influencers on social media because they said it's actually not as productive as one might think being a social media influencer because you don't consider yourself friends with these people that you're trying to influence. So obviously, if there's a monetary gain, that's a different story. But if you're simply doing it because you want to gain followers, because you want these followers to change their habits, you really have to consider these people as your friend. And they also have to consider you as their friend. Otherwise, there's no real change happening. Hmm. I am still baffled by the concept of influencers. I mean, celebrities have been around forever, so it's just kind of an extension of that. But the idea that this is like almost its own market is very strange and sometimes troubling to me that 20-year-olds have a huge impact on people. Mm -hmm. And okay, I do sound like an older person right now by saying, like, calm down, you're 20. You still have a lot of life ahead of you. You don't know everything. No, but it's also, I mean, I was arguing with my friend about this because she was saying, well, it's basically word of mouth. I mean, that's what an influencer is. And I was like, no, because if I tell you I use this product and it worked really well, I have nothing to gain from telling you that. I'm just, because you're my friend, I want to share this information with you. But with influencers, there's always something behind it. Mm. There's never a genuine like, I love you guys so much, so I really just want to share this. 
because they're also getting something for that publicity. Yeah. I mean, it's the it's the inherent skeptic in me. I'm never going to really trust that kind of person. But I trusted you when you told me about the hair product. Well, it wasn't really a product. The hair tip you gave me. And I've been doing yeah, that. And I got compliments. There you go. Curly hair is its own monster. And if anyone needs tips, just hit me up. I got you. You just became an influencer. <laughs> oh, dear God. I don't have time for that. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Also, I'd be like, here's me on my couch. Here's me on my couch again. Here's me with my dog on the couch. And here's me teaching. Okay, that's it. I'll start an OnlyFans of me on my couch. The big Gia couch. All right, anyway. Because you like me, I like you. There's a trust involved. No, 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 absolutely. It is is reciprocity, right? Because you trusted me as a friend. I trust in you or I care about you as a friend. So the information I'm giving you, you trust in me enough to take it and you use it. And that's how we make change. And that applies for everything. Tell your friends to go vote. Dear God, please. This is going to come out like right at election time. And oh, Lord, if they haven't voted already, get the fuck out there. GTFO. So what they established, the two factors that help predict directionality. So whether this friendship is unidirectional or reciprocal is one, the extent of overlap in friendship circles. So, for example, how many friends do you have in common? Mm-hmm. The higher the difference in friends or the less friends that you have in common, the less likelihood there will be reciprocity. That's one factor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Another factor is the difference in social hierarchical organizational status. Okay, you're going to have to make an acronym out of that or some um, yeah, I'll say it again. phrase. The, <laughs> the difference in social hierarchical organizational status. So if you are less popular and someone else is more popular, there is less chance of reciprocity. And there's a higher chance that it's unidirectional. And it's usually unidirectional that the person less popular sees the person more popular as a friend, and it doesn't go the other way. So friendship is a classist kind of concept? A little bit. It's definitely very like click-based. So high org stat. So high org stat, you know? Sounds like a drug. I'm going to go take my so high org stat right now. So whore eye stat. But yeah, no. So that those are the two things that they found. Next time you think someone's your friend, give them this little questionnaire. I have the file if you guys want from the research study. <laughs> if you're in doubt of who your friends are. Just whip it out. And by it, I mean this questionnaire. <laughs> just say that to them and see if they laugh. If they don't, then they're, you're not friends. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. If they can't deal with the double entendre, they can double get the fuck out of there. <laughs> <laughs> She is not pulling punches today. Go vote and be better friends. Well, what did the internet tell you? Something vastly different and slightly skewed towards based on sex. So it's, yeah. We're going to get bounced. Not that kind of sex. Sort of, kind of, in a way. But I meant more of the biological sex and animals it's an animal study oh yeah in the philosophical transactions of the royal society b journal okay can you make an acronym for that (laughs) p-t-r-s-b p-t-r-s-b perturbs perturbs it perturbs um these researchers in kenya (laughs) looked at 35 years of data and the reason I'm kind Damn. of saying it, yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot in general, but... That's more data than you. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. I'm actually really glad that that's more than I, I am <laughs> at this point in my life. 
But they looked, they spent 35 years looking at 540 baboons in this national park in Kenya. They analyzed 277 males and 265 females. The whole purpose was to see how they interacted with each other. Obviously, it's an observational study. You know, how they're spending time with one another, grooming, picking through their fur, looking for ticks and other parasites, because that is a way for baboons to bond and also relieve stress. In addition, obviously, to providing uh, some much-needed hygiene. So it turns out males spend very little time grooming each other, but they do groom with females and not just with ones who are fertile or fertile, depending on where you're from. (laughs) I thought that was kind of interesting because there have been many studies throughout the decades of how females bond, right? They've looked at monkeys Mm -hmm. and horses and dolphins and killer whales, but it's only the females that have been studied and they found that oh. there have been these patterns of friendships, right? But males tend to be more lonerish and they keep to themselves. So that's why this okay. was kind of interesting and a little bit of an outlier that uh, males would engage in social bonding activities like this. Even yeah. when they're not trying to get some. Right. And so that's also kind of interesting in the animal world why the uh, motivation would not be <laughs> to get some. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> So they use some statistical techniques that are probably way too intricate for me to even try to repeat and break down. And they looked at the link between survival and friendship, right? So these Mm -hmm. males are hanging out with some chick baboons, doing some (laughs) hygiene, some socialization stuff, right? It turns out after they compared this data from 35 years, Males that maintain strong female friendships were 28% more likely to make it to their next birthday than their socially isolated counterparts. Ooh. (laughs) Compared to your 94% and 53%, I don't think 28 comes across as uh, too impressive or too... It's a number, though, and it's, you know... Girls rule the world. I mean, what? (laughs) (laughs) Basically, that's the whole moral of this study. (laughs) Whether it's baboons or humans. Right. Do you know, did it say anywhere in the study if those baboons kept it simply on like a friend level? Was it like a friends with benefits level? Like what was there hanky panky between these 20, what, 28? Or was it strictly platonic? I want to say that it was strictly platonic because of how they mentioned they weren't fertile. So if the females are not in mating mode, then the males would otherwise have no reason to be hanging around them. So I think the implication is that it was for the society and not for the the bang bang time. (laughs) (laughs) Technical. Can we just put any two words together and time? Like plate, plate time. Okay, so moral of the story is having a female platonic friend doesn't harm. It actually might help a dude. Right, 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 right. Yeah, exactly. When Harry Met Sally does not have a great message. We have just debunked that movie, that entire movie. I've never seen that. (laughs) (laughs) That's okay. Just believe me purely based on what I just said. Okay. But here's the thing. Is that like, do chimps, what were they? Monkeys? What were baboons. Monkeys? Baboons. Chimps? They're baboons. the ones with their okay. bare butts. Bare butt baboons. 
That's going to be my new vocal warm-up from now on. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It should be. Do these baboons have, like, monogamous relationships? Do we know that? Or do they change partners every time? So it looks like from this nature.com article, it looks like their mating system, so while it's usually polygonous, which means each male mates with multiple females, also common among primates are multi-male, multi-female groups in which multiple individuals of each sex form large social groups in which the mating system is usually polygonandrous or polygynandrous. (laughs) That just sounds like it's ginormous. Okay, so this mating (laughs) system, it, it means that both males and females are polygamous finally a fucking word i know so they're both polygamous so they have multiple partners okay of the opposite sex or different well yeah Yeah. different sex um these are the largest groups of primates and usually quite complex socially so this type of social system characterizes many monkeys including macaques most baboons (laughs) vervet monkeys that's what i got in my pants (laughs) Macaque. <laughs> yeah, I do. I was like, she went quiet, but I know there's something happening there. <laughs> so those baboons, vervet monkeys, bangabays, capuchins, Ooh. squirrel monkeys, monkeys, some columbine monkeys, as well as some lemurs. Most notably, like, the ring-tailed lemur, the one from Madagascar. Wait, so these all make a group? No, no, no. Well, this it's just like oh, within I these like giant species. monkey orgy. <laughs> that would be that would be a video. <laughs> <laughs> so, in most of these species, females are philopatric, named Patrick. They, they're not very original. <laughs> Is tending to return to or remain near a particular site or area. That's not that exciting okay so (laughs) so the females usually just don't roam and the males do roam okay so that doesn't really mean that they're the males are going out for sex although usually that's what you would assume you know the females are staying put because it does sound like they all get it on with everybody they're swingers literally oh my god how did i not make that joke before jesus (laughs) i should put in a disclaimer this is completely not scientific yeah that should be at the beginning of all of our episodes are you kidding me this is definitely our quick in real time interpretation of something i have not Mm -hmm. heretofore read hence the poor pronunciation that i'm doing Anyway, so they're living butt out and ticks gone. <laughs> filled yeah, lives. and some more lives or some years extra for some of them. Right, right. So it does help to uh, create some friend bonds or something. Bond, friend bond. A friend bond? <laughs> like I'm investing in a friend bond? No, I was doing a James Bond. Oh, bond. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> The one movie reference I make and you don't get it. (laughs) Jesus. Ding, ding, ding. Jordan got a movie thing. (laughs) Okay, I think the hot chocolate is The favorite game of Avery Miles. I'm just going to tell you the line, and if you need help, I'll give you some context clues. So here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Come on, guys. Let's go get a slice of pizza. That's it? Are you kidding me? I say that, like, every time when I'm in New York. That's not helpful at all. Fuck. 
kind of like indignant and there are two other dudes with this dude they're all supposed okay. to be high schoolers it's not okay. modern times it um, <laughs> in medieval times we're getting pizza <laughs> from ye old pizza hut <laughs> it's set in the 50s they're in the kind of the, this gang and the leader of the gang the leader of the pack decides to branch off to go you know make it with a chick because you know dudes and baboons <laughs> some baboons <laughs> <laughs> they like to uh to make it with chicks <laughs> yes and so the three who are left behind who are not making it with the female woman in this case female human um they uh-huh. are kind of miffed they get kicked out of the car Meanwhile, there's like a sleepover party going on upstairs. Oh, wait, is it Greece? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so I uh, hope you all at home got that. Maybe you got it faster than I did. If you guys have recommendations for movie quotes that you want to stump me with, <laughs> because this is also your favorite game too, you can send them to Avery. Uh, don't send them to me because then I'll know what it is. <laughs> no, I'm just saying for some more interaction with our lovely, luscious, lavacious, loquacious listeners. What was that third one? I don't know. I just. To wrap things up here, we wanted to give you guys a little treat, a little tasty musical treat for your ear holes by our lovely Gabrielle, who also writes our intro, outro music. And uh, we wanted to do a little tribute to Randy Newman, to Friendship, to that classic tune that we graced you before with our own singing of it. But Gabrielle has also done a lovely job of uh, having some fun with it. So enjoy. And thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you in, we'll hear you. No, you'll hear us in episode six. If you like us, give us a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Beauty school dropout. <laughs> no graduation day. For go you. back to high school. Beauty school dropout. I never want to go back to high school, though. I would rather go no, to beauty fuck school. That. Yeah. <laughs>